If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. We are delighted that you are here and happy Mother's Day to you. We are, we, you know, we're both mothers. Amy's children are a little bit younger than mine. <laughs> In fact, mine have started to have children of their own. Uh, I have a son who's 26 and has a two-year-old daughter, and I have a 24-year-old daughter who's not yet in that. That's that's not her curriculum Not her right phase now. yet. However, Amy's children range from, what is it, 19 to like seven, is it? Uh, eight to 18. Eight to 18. Yeah. You've been, you were busy that decade. <laughs> I know, it was. It was a decade of like, I mean, honestly, that's 10 years of pregnancy and nursing babies. And mm -hmm. I mean, when you consider nursing and pregnancy, it's more like what, 12 years? Cause you're, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a long, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things that, that we wanted to talk about today was, in honor of Mother's Day and in honor of the value that we hold about around family. Sometimes we as women, and, and we've seen this in, in sometimes the women that we've inter interviewed for our book, When Women Lead, um, sometimes we use our families as an excuse, ladies. Tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we use them as an excuse as to why we can't or won't or aren't available for a particular project or a particular adventure or a particular vision that you may have for your life. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes they are the reason to go for it, not the excuse not to. Yeah, I, I love this conversation because for years in my business, I felt like I had one foot on the brakes and one foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm not going to say that building a business while being a very committed mother is easy. Yeah. Um, but even though it hasn't always been easy, it hasn't always been beautiful. It hasn't always had like the right kind of like balance and it just perfectly stitched together. I've always been committed to both. And yeah. so there's a fine line behind, and I, I kind of want to play with the nuance of it because mm -hmm. I feel like the, the devil's in the nuance on this one. Mm -hmm. So if you, I say no to a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. But the question is, am I saying no because I'm using my family as an excuse for why I can't show up and do the things that I want to? Or am I saying no because I'm making an intentional choice because that's not in alignment with what I want? And right. they look from the outside, they look very similar, but it's very different on the inside. So I remember when my um, children were small, I would, every time I was afraid or I was uncertain or I was embarrassed about something, I would, I would stand behind the kids and the family. I'm like, well, you know, I have 
little kids at home. I've got babies. It's just not the right season for me to really go for it in a big Mm -hmm. way. But the problem with that was it was dishonest. Mm -hmm. I really felt like it was the time. I felt like it was the season. I did want it. Mm -hmm. I did have the desire. And I was, I was lying to myself and lying to others every time that I said that I didn't because of the kids. Right. Um, and when that shifted for me was when I really started to say, what is the life that I want to create for my family? Mm -hmm. And I aligned the business with the life that I wanted to create. And so when I say no to something because of family, which I do, you know, like I, for example, I try to be home most Sundays. I like, Mm -hmm. I try not to travel on Sundays very often. Um, I try to say no to Like I I will maybe work one evening a week, but not any more than that. So there's a lot of things that I say no to because of the family, but it's not, it's the differences though. I don't want it. Like, it's not that I have this desire and I'm, and I feel good about it. And I'm putting the kids as the reason why I'm not showing up. It's because I don't want it. Like I'm clear on what that boundary is. Yeah. I, at the beginning of my business, I was an up and coming, you know, if, if some of you have heard my, my origin story, I was an up and coming stockbroker, financial planner. I had just separated from my first husband, my, my children's father, and my daughter at the time was three years old. I was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer. And I felt like, no, this is the time to go, to go full out. You know, I'm in my twenties, I'm out of college. This is the time to go out thousand percent and i felt like cancer was an inconvenience Mm -hmm. it was um you know a monkey wrench in the operation and my daughter's childhood was something that i had to manage not something that i want that i was present for Mm -hmm. i'm not proud of that but it also um allowed me to get really clear about what my values were Mm -hmm. and what i and who i said that i wanted to be And it also helped me to realize as my daughter got older, I am, I'm a, I delved into motherhood more as she got older, not as a way to overcompensate for not being there in her earlier years, but more because I've realized that I, I heard Maya Angelou talk about her mother once. Her name was Vivian Baxter. And she said, my mother was an amazing uh, mother and advocate for young adults, piss poor mother for young children. Mm. And I was like, ooh, I must have gone to the Vivian Baxter School of Mothering <laughs> because, <laughs> because I loved and enjoy and delight in my children now that they're young adults. But I was really, really struggling when they were young children. Mm-hmm. And um, so to understand that about myself in hindsight and to, to be able to ask for support from my parents, from relatives, from cousins, from people who wanted to babysit, from you know her, their, um, her father, you know, to be able to share custody and so forth. It was a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. It also made me confront the social pressures of what it means for a woman to be a mom, for a woman to be a wife. And there were some things that didn't apply to me. I was like, I, I know what society says, but no, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't want mm-hmm. to do that. And and I don't want to be that kind of parent either. Um, you know, it doesn't, I, I don't have to hover over my child for everything in order to be considered a quote unquote good mother. And so um, to be able to be honest with myself about that, to be able to show my daughter that, listen, I have, I was a whole person before you showed up on this earth. 
and I will be a whole person long after you've left my skirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm going to follow my dreams and my vision and what's important to me, not at your detriment, because you know we, we have an agreement that I'm your mom and you're my child, but not to mine either. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have that conversation or to live that way and to show my daughter an, an example of what it means to be a fully expressed woman was very important to me. And because there were some times that I've made decisions that she didn't like or that she didn't understand or that she didn't have the perspective or the emotional maturity for, I had to get really, really good about communicating authentically and vulnerably and saying things that you think, oh, that might not be appropriate for a child. But listen, if you have the consciousness for the question, then you deserve the answer. That's that's kind of how I approached it as a parent. And and, you know, maybe sometimes with a disclaimer of you may not understand this right now. You may not agree with it right now. There are many times that you're going to make decisions that I will not understand or agree with. And we're just going to have to decide that we're going to be committed to one another and to our to our best, you know. And so um, for me, I had to my, my journey of motherhood and wifehood and, and, and honoring my my values. It wasn't always pretty, wasn't always clean cut. I made mistakes. And I don't have regrets necessarily, but I do, I do see in hindsight things that I'm doing better now that I'm a grandmother (laughs) and an auntie than when I was a mom myself of young children. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, You know, one of the things that I, I loved being a mom of young children. Like if I'm going to be honest, I am learning now to enjoy my teenagers mm-hmm. and my 18 year old, I, gosh, I think it's partially cause he's getting ready to leave the home. I'm just like, he's great, you know, <laughs> but a couple of years ago I was like, what is up with all these teenagers? Like right. they're not nice to me. They're not grateful and they don't want to snuggle anymore. You know, like, yes. take them back. I want to talk to the yeah, manager. <laughs> I, I loved all the little kid phases. And one of the things that was hard for me was because I loved being with them, it was really hard for me to separate out what mattered versus what didn't. Mm -hmm. Because with little kids, quantity of time matters to them, you know, like it really does. They they want quantity of time. And I had to figure out like, what are the important things? So for example, um, you know, when my oldest was in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. I went and volunteered in his classroom each week to check in the homework folders. And Mm -hmm. You know, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, he I'm not care. spending time with him. <laughs> right. He did care that I came to his classroom. He liked that. Right. But, but we weren't actually doing anything together, you know, yeah. like, and so then I realized that it was just as exciting for them, for me to be the mom that comes in and volunteers to read the kids a book once, mm-hmm. you know, like that was just as exciting for him. And it was a one-time commitment versus, uh, you know, every single Friday commitment. Um, my kids, for example, they loved, uh, to having me go on a field trip with them. And so doing one field trip a year, um, you know, and, and I can't even do one field trip a year per kid because they all seem to do their field trips at the same time. So, but picking, like I do all the kindergarten field trips, I do all the first grade field trips, and then, you know, they get a little bit older and they, they don't quite care as much if you go. So it was a a real balancing act of, I remember looking at it in terms of, okay, what is actually bringing an emotional ROI versus what's just a time suck. And when I looked at it that way, it was like, okay, 
it doesn't actually matter to my kids if they, if I make their lunch, that does not make them feel more loved. It does Mm -hmm. not make them feel more supported. Mm -hmm. Um, but reading with them does, um, you know, doing this doesn't really matter, but doing this does. And so when I started to watch, and it's funny because it's different for different kids too, right? Like some kids, uh, you know, acts of service, like full, you fold their laundry and they just are like, my mom loves me. (laughs) No, it's like, they don't even, they take their clothes in and they never even put them away. So Mm -hmm. it just has been a, for me, really paying close attention to that. What actually creates an emotional ROI for them and for me. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about, you know, I am going to be here for you, but not at the detriment of me. I've realized as I get older that I need more time for me. Um, And there is a part of me that feels slightly guilty about it because Mm -hmm. my younger kids do not get the same mom that my older kids did. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the same Mm -hmm. mom. Like my, my 10 year old or well, he's almost 10, but anyway, Levi right now is he just wants me to play with him all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of it is because he is being homeschooled and he is missing out on social interaction. And so he is constantly wanting me to play with him. And, um, I played with my younger ones a lot more and had a lot more fun doing it. And now I'm like, I have built Legos for so many years and I have, you know, rode bikes for so many years. Like I just want a little bit of alone time. And so it's Mm -hmm. interesting navigating that, like finding that balance between, and this is what we do though, in every healthy relationship, this is what I want to point out. Every healthy relationship, we find that balance between what they need and what I need. And we find Mm -hmm. the middle ground and that's where the joy is. And I think sometimes as a mom, we really prioritize what the husband needs what the kids mm-hmm. need and we don't take into account what we need as well. And the fact that it changes, it changes. Um, right. And on the flip side, uh, my younger boys also get a mom who doesn't freak out about so many small things. You know, <laughs> That's true. I'm, it's a, it's a I'm balance. Not as, I'm not as phased and um, I'm a little bit more uh, relaxed about the fact that I know that they're going to grow up to be just fine. So like, we're, it's, it's just a different experience. And so I'm not the same mom that I was, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that's, doesn't mean that that's bad. Yeah. So here's, here's what I, um, I have a vehemently very strong foundational disagreement with the parent father of my children that we had was that he thought, uh, and, and strongly believed that conversations about money or conversations of conflict, arguments and things like that needed to be kept away from the children. And I was like, nah, we're going to duke it out right here, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the reason for me was it's not so much that I wanted to show out or be a drama queen or whatever. I wanted to show and model what it's like to move through conflict and for them to know the world is not falling apart because we're having an argument. The world is not falling apart because we have a disagreement. The world is not falling apart because I don't like you right now. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know what it's like to be disappointed, to be sad, to be angry, to be whatever, and to be able to manage those dark emotions without those dark emotions managing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a big one. That was a big one because part of the reason here's here's about using it using your family as a reason and not an excuse part of how i used my family specifically my children as a reason 
for my own emotional maturity is if I'm going to duke it out in front of them, I can't be acting petty. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason, because they're not going to know the difference. They're not going to um, have the emotional maturity to, see, to say when to be petty and when not to be petty, when to get violent, when to not get violent. <laughs> when do you throw a plate at the wall and, and when do you throw it at somebody's face? Do you even throw a plate? You know? <laughs> yeah, I've so, never thrown a plate in my life. <laughs> Well, I've slammed notebooks on desks. I, I'll tell you what. Um, but I to to be conscious of here is how I am showing up. That's something that children are really, really good for. Unbeknownst to them, they they have no idea that that's the kind of influence that they're having. But unbeknownst to them, they especially my daughter because we're of the same gender. It was so important for me to show up as the better version of myself. So that I can model something for her that either I didn't have or I didn't learn how to learn the hard way or or I would have wanted somebody to do for me when I was a child. And part of that was speaking up for myself. I grew up in a family where my mother did not communicate her needs. She did mm-hmm. not speak up when she had a disagreement or when she was displeased, et cetera, et cetera. She did very passive aggressive things that to me um, felt very... Um, immature or they felt uh, unnecessary. And I wanted to show my daughter, you can say, I don't like this. I'm not going to do this. I have agency over my body and my feelings. And this is, this is where I stand and have and negotiate that inside Mm -hmm. of a relationship because that other person is also entitled to their feelings and their priorities. And so how do you manage it when they're different? Right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to model that for her. And that meant that I had to learn it because I didn't have the tools when I was growing up. And so that's the big part. That's the big theme for me about using your family as a reason and not as an excuse is all the things that I would have wanted somebody to teach me, I now get to teach. All the things that I wanted somebody to be for me, I now get to be for someone else. All the all the dreams that I want my children to be able to pursue, I need, they need to see me pursuing mine. Because right. otherwise it's just a, a, a contemplation exercise and not a, a practical lesson in life and living, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting too, when I look at my journey of, because there were times along the way when I remember thinking it would be so much easier to just do the mom thing. It's so full time. It's so fulfilling. It's so wonderful. Like, why can't I just do that? And I remember thinking like, why can't I let go of this entrepreneurship piece and just focus on the kids? Like, why do I feel this drive. And I really think that for me, and and that's going to be a different answer for everyone, right? Right, But for me, it's been the place where I've found me and where I've developed me. You know, I was uh, 22 when I had my first baby Mm -hmm. and between 22 and 32, that whole decade was dedicated to birthing babies. You know, like it was, it was a long time where my body was kind of like second priority to what was going on with little people all around me. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it being an entrepreneur during that season, even though it was hard and and let's be honest, I was not a successful entrepreneur for all of that time. Mm -hmm. Like I was still figuring things out and still learning my way, but it kept me from losing myself. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, it kept me always having a sense of goals and achievement and drive, which is a big part of who I am. A big mm-hmm. part of my personality is that I'm driven and that I have big vision and that I, I'm a strategic thinker, like all of those things. It kept all of that active, even though it wasn't the season where it had like, like honestly, from the time Brendan was born, well, actually probably from the time Levi was born on was when things really started to click into place for me. Um, and so even though it wasn't always easy, I'm so grateful for that time. I'm grateful that I didn't give up the journey because I am the woman that I am because I was committed to both. Um, had I only been committed to one, I would not be the same person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like the person that I am today. So Amy's pretty great. I think Amy's pretty great too. And she's I think hilarious. Monica's pretty great. <laughs> and she's hilarious. I just want you to know that. And I think part of part of you always wonder why I find you so hilarious. And part of the humor is of course personality, yes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just informed by human condition and the human experience and the quirkiness of what you find and the paradoxes and the oxymorons of just what it means to be human. And I think right. part of that, part of those treasures, you find them in just being somebody's wife, being somebody's mother, being somebody's boss, being somebody's colleague. Those relationships are fodder for, you know, the the best version of ourselves that we are always becoming. Mm-hmm. So I think my first husband for being the father of my children and for being a practice ground for <laughs> the amazing husband that I have now. Uh, and I also thank my children for teaching me. A lot of times people think, you know, raising my children, but in many ways, my children also raised me. And, oh, yeah. and the, the woman that I am today wouldn't be possible had it not been for Malik and Sarah, who shout out to them. Hi, Malik. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and who they are becoming and watching them experience their own life and being witnessed in that way. I think that part of the reason why my children trust themselves as much as they do is because, you know, they grew up with a mom who's like, look, it doesn't matter what you do. You are always going to be loved. I might, I may not always like you. Let's just be clear. I may not always like you. And I don't know how long it's going to be before I like you again, but that I love you is not up for litigation. Mm-hmm. That is always the foundation. And, and we can always jump, you know, to whatever clip from there. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's such a joy to be able to um, watch. This has been my my favorite thing recently. You know, I think when they were little, my favorite thing was just how strong that bond and connection is. Mm-hmm. But now as that, and that has been a hard thing for me too, is watching that bond and that connection shift. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, when, when my oldest started peeling that away, I felt like he was peeling a, a layer of my heart off, you know, like I might not survive this. I remember going out to breakfast with you during that time. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. I, remember. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this season. Yeah. Um, but what I'm loving is I'm loving watching the people that they're becoming. Yes. You know, like they're good people that I like and that do good in the world and other people enjoy them and celebrate them and appreciate them. And, and some of it, I'm like, I would never would have guessed that about my child when they were young, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not up to me, you know, like giving them that space to explore who they are and what they like and watching them come up with their plans and just being in that space of like, cool, go for it. That's your plan. That's your goal. That's your dream. That's awesome. And I don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. You know, like just getting to watch and celebrate and, and then be, um, 
be that, like you said, that safety of love that they know they can't fail to the point where they are unloved. I mm-hmm. think that to me is the, the thing that I'm loving about this season of motherhood is just watching them grow into really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I'm not loving about this season of motherhood is also being a homeschool teacher. Not for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. We have to know what our ministry is. That is not your ministry. Yes. That is not my jam, but we are doing it. And there have been fun things about it too. Like I've liked the time with them. I just would have liked to spend that time doing something different. Something different. That's right. And and that's a great lesson for them to to watch too, that it's like me liking something is not a prerequisite for me doing it. Yeah. I can do something well and completely abhor it. And then when I have a different choice, I will make a different choice. But when I don't have a different choice, I can honor the choices I do have and, and do my best with them. That's, that's a, that's an amazing transferable life, life skill, my friend. Yep. So Grant, Theron, Lincoln, Levi, and Brendan, <laughs> thank you. You guys are the best. We love you and happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, we we hope that this has been a useful banter for your own perspective. We would love to hear in the comments and in our Facebook and in our Instagram. Leave us a message about what you have been discovering about your own journey. Whether you are a mother of young children, a mother of adult children as I am, or a mother of dreams and books. They may not necessarily be biological children. They may not even have come from your womb. They may have come from somebody else's womb when you're raising them. And so, you know, mother motherhood looks different for different people, And but we are always birthing and raising a new possibility in the world, whether it comes from our biological wombs or from our intellectual wombs. Mm-hmm. So we want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your celebration and uh, and we will be here next time thanks everybody thank you